You're about to listen to a segment of Sam Chan's Succession Transition event, which was hosted in late 2020. Sam organized this event to give leaders from around the world the chance to share their stories of effectively planning and transitioning their pastoral roles to a successor. Every pastor is a temporary. Are you prepared for your succession transition? Let's begin. Good to be with you today. I, I've just been so enriched by uh, everything that everyone has said, some 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 great ideas, and uh, I think which are applicable to each of us in, in the various things that we do as it relates to, uh, to transition. Um, in my own journey uh, as, as a pioneer um, of a ministry that I have led now for nearly 30 years, uh, I am in the, uh, the, the cognitive process of making this transition to my son. I, um, I, I didn't do it just for kinship because I didn't want it to be kinship without competence. Uh, and, and I do realize that it doesn't always have to be a bio- biologically related person. Sometimes you, you hire people that have your spiritual DNA that will be more loyal to you and more competent in serving than somebody that you might have birthed. And again, that, that, that goes to uh, reminding me of, uh, of, of Zachariah and God saying his name shall be John as opposed to Zachariah Jr., uh, you know, calling this thing actually the gift of God. But I've thought through very, very carefully, you know, the whole issues that people deal with as it relates to transition. Um, what am I going to do in terms of income? What am I going to do as it relates to my identity? And what will I do with my influence? Uh, I realized the thing that has kept so many people uh, ahead of me, my own pastor that I grew up under, um, he didn't have any place to go. He didn't have anything to do, and he didn't have anybody to go with that he could enjoy himself. Well, I've got some place to go. (laughs) I've got something to do, and I've got someone to go with me that I can actually enjoy uh, the journey with. And one of the things that I find that is unique uh, to pioneer leaders by the mere nature of being a pioneer, it means that you've had to wear so many different hats. And the successor does not have to build all of the things that the pioneer built. So they don't need all of those creative gifts locked up into one person. So oftentimes a pioneer has to be replaced not merely with a person, but with a team. Because a pioneer has to be the marketing genius. They have to be the communicator. They've got to be the accounting person. They they, they wear so many different hats, but they are not replacing themselves with a leader who can do everything that the pioneer had to do out of necessity. So I've, I've thought in terms of that team leadership. So I walk through uh, this, this whole process. To me, it's, it's the communication element, because to me, you cannot work through what you don't talk through. You can't work through what you don't talk through. It, it has to be talked through well in advance, during the process, and even after the so-called transition has been made. There has to be a good open line of communication to talk through it. So when I walk through the whole mentoring process of transition that I do, you watch, we talk. You do with me, we talk. You do, I watch, I critique, I tweak, we talk. And then now you learn to develop these abilities to identify leadership qualities in the person that's going to be your successor 
and then you talk and you keep the process in perpetuity. So those, that's a process of, of, of really just communicating, communicating, communicating so that they understand your heart and you don't try to impose uh, your identity on another generation so that they discover who they are. That's why the, the wells of the fathers were, were, uh, were stopped up and each generation had to come and dig their own wells. They had to find their own place of anointing. Uh, David ministered to the people of his generation and then he went to the land of his fathers. So we minister to our generation and the others have an incredible uh, ability to do it for theirs. My, my greatest wisdom in, in making my transition is, is bringing a group of, of, of millennials to the table listening to them, hearing, because they understand their culture, how to reach their culture, and, and have fresh vision and patience and understanding of how they think, how they feel, to be able to really connect with their own culture. So I've invited them to be a part of the process and not in a dictatorial kind of thing, says, this is what I built. You've got to keep it this way. There's no room for flexibility. I want it to be a living organism that is growing and adapting and uh, but yet not losing the the essence of of the of the nature of who uh we are called to be as a ministry but how that is lived out down through the generations uh will certainly change and so i i allow for that flexibility i allow their input and to be able to help them along the journey. Uh, nothing more when they don't have somebody breathing down their neck and trying to control them, but who just to, the, the mental freedom that it brings but to a new, new leader who's in position to be able to say, you know what, I've got a place that if I'm confused about how to do something here, I can do it. It's like moving into a new home and the, the previous homeowner, they know some different things about it, about doors that don't work right and some uh, plumbing situations that may happen. And that, that old homeowner can give some wonderful keys that uh, the new person would have to pay some experts to come in uh, to try to figure out, and then they'd have to take half the house apart in order to figure that out. So um, it, it helps when the previous leader can be a secure leader and be a consultant to them without trying to continue everything that he has been, but allow them to thrive and, and create and rearrange the furniture in the house, but still build a healthy, loving family. So those are, those are just some of my thoughts. Ours is going uh, 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 so well. I'm, I'm so pleased that I, I don't have a struggle with my son, son who's tapped as our successful, but we're building a team around him simultaneously so he doesn't feel the pressure of having to be and do everything that I have been and have done and have built uh, as, as a pioneer because his, his, his calling is, is totally different. Thank you. I want to jump in here for just a minute, Dale. Uh, some of you guys know uh, Dale and 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 Sam. Uh, Dale has written on this thing of transition succession. Here's my question, Dale. When 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 you since since you wrote the book, since you since you guys wrote, have you pretty much stuck to the plan outlined in the book, or have you made some changes along the way and go back and change some chapters or? Uh, Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the, the principles remain the, remain the same. Uh, when you start uh, lifting up the hood, I mean, you you, you see oil in places that, that the book never told you that there was. So, <laughs> so we, we we navigate through that. But it's it's a fun journey. Yeah, yeah. You guys get get that book. I mean, right right through here, we need all the resources we can get. And uh, uh, Dale and and and, and Sam 
really were ahead of their time and our time with that work. So be, be sure to get it. Uh, hey, next, Palma, I, yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a question? One second. I know it's, it's not a time for question or answer anything, but I wonder if uh, Bishop Bronner can speak to this partnership uh, succession that he talked about earlier, because we had given some thought to that as well. Uh, whether this should be more than one person, even even uh, on the pastoral level, as opposed to just a team, can you speak to that for me for a moment in, in terms of what you're thinking? Um, uh, uh, sure. Uh, it 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 just it depends. It it should uh, lanes have to be very very clear. Uh, to me, there there come offenses when definitions of responsibilities are not clearly laid out so that they don't cross over into each other's territory. I, I learned that from the business world, watching my father transfer the leadership of a business that he pioneered in 1947 to his six sons, but we each had our own separate lane that gave us a freedom. So we were not crossing over each other and I wasn't necessarily responsible to my other brother. I had my own area of responsibility. Our business was large enough that we had our own lane. So we were all working uh, together for the same goal, just in a different venue. So as long as those uh, roles are clearly, clearly defined and, uh, and, and people feel that I'm called to this and not stuck with this, or I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that, each of us was doing exactly what we wanted to do and were skilled to do. <laughs> 